Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know, and today I am opening the doors once again to Black Belt Theater, which, you know, after you hear about today's selection, maybe I should rename it Jackie Chan Theater, because yes, I will be talking about another Jackie Chan film. Now, this is 1995's Rumble in the Bronx. Now, the reason I chose this film was because this was really sort of his North American debut uh, to people that really didn't know who he was, this was the film, you know, New Line Cinema purchased the rights for it. Uh, this film was, like I said, was made in 1995, but it was released here in the United States in 1996. New Line Cinema bought it. They did make one or two changes to it. Uh, they updated the soundtrack. Um, of course, everything was dubbed. Jackie Chan actually let, lent his voice. Uh, he actually dubbed his, his part. And, uh, you know, th- like I said, this was really... For people that didn't know who Jackie Chan was, this was their introduction to him. Uh, 1995, uh, I had already been married, so I took my wife to this film. I knew who Jackie Chan was. You know, if you've listened to me here on Black Belt Theater, I've talked about his films. Uh, a while back, I had my good friend Alan from Nerd and Me. Uh, he came on here, and he and I pretty much talked about Jackie Chan's greatest stunts and really just why we love Jackie Chan so much. So, you know, at this point, I knew who he was. But this was really, like I said, the movie that introduced him to most of North America and really got him started. Uh, shortly after this, they brought over Police Story 3, which they renamed Super Cop, uh, which starred Jackie Chan and Michelle Yao. And then from there, he he pretty much started making films over here. Uh, they were still bringing some of his other films over here for us to enjoy. And really, this, you know, Rumble in the Bronx was really, uh, like I said, this was the vehicle that really introduced us to Jackie Chan. Now, before I go any further, the one thing I'm going to say is this is an excellent Jackie Chan film. It's, it's probably one of my favorites, definitely in my top 10 Jackie Chan films, but if you're not very familiar with Jackie Chan or you really only know his later work, the work that he primarily did here in the U.S., really from Rumble in the Bronx going forward, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. You really got to go back and check out a lot of his earlier work. Uh, an earlier episode of Black Belt Theater, I discussed uh, the 1980 or 81, I believe, Wheels on Meals. To me, that is classic Jackie Chan. You get the comedy, you get, you know, his excellent excellent martial arts work his stunt work uh he's definitely in his physical prime at that time and that's just some of the greatest stuff ever and of course if we talk jackie chan we got to talk one of his very early and probably one of his most well-known roles and that's the drunken master so if you only really know jackie chan from rumble in the bronx going forward to today definitely check out his older roles and like i said drunken master and Wheels on Meals are probably two great places to get started. Uh, the Police Story series is another excellent one to take a look at. And yeah, there you go. So let's dive in and really talk about this film. And like I said, look, this isn't really probably one of the best Jackie Chan films for a plot or, or a story. Um, I mean, really, you know, it, it's it's a pretty... It's a pretty standard plot, you know, he he's a... Now, here's the thing that's interesting. Like I said, New Line Cinema purchased this film. They did make some changes and tweaks to it. Uh, one of the first things that they did was, in the opening scene, we see 
uh, a plane land at JFK. We see Jackie Chan at the airport. His uncle Bill uh, picks him up, and that was added. And I think that was added so we know that hey, he's in New York because here's the thing: this film was shot in Vancouver. Um, the production staff tried really hard to make it look like the Bronx, like New York City. Uh, story goes that after a while, Jackie Chan was like, you know what, let's just focus on the action. You know, they were so concerned about, because if you've ever been to Vancouver, Vancouver's a beautiful city. It's a gorgeous city. Green mountains in the back, a lovely bay. They were like, well, we got to keep this stuff out of the film because there's no mountains in, in, in the Bronx. Well, towards the end of the film, I think they just said, the heck with it. You know, let's just showcase Jackie Chan and, and what this guy could do. You see mountains, you see mountains, whatever. You know, again, this is a story of Jackie's uh, Jackie's character, uh, who actually is a Hong Kong cop. But in the New Line Cinema, the the, the North American release, they don't talk about that. Um, it actually probably would have helped the plot a little bit because you're kind of wondering, you know, when you when you when I first saw this film, I said, okay, you know, here here he comes. He's coming to the U.S. His uncle Bill owns a convenience store in the Bronx. He's getting married. He wants to sell a store at the same time. And I'm like, why is Jackie Chan? getting so involved in this it it really doesn't make sense he just seems to be some guy who's visiting his uncle and he's in a gang war and next thing you know there's there's like an illegal diamond deal and he's going up against the mob why would some ordinary guy get involved in this um like i said new line cinema cut out the fact that he is a hong kong police officer so that makes a little bit more sense but again that's not an earth-shattering detail so like I said, he comes, he visits his uncle his uncle Bill, uh, who is getting married, and at the same time wants to sell his store because his store is in the Bronx. It's being targeted by vandals, uh, shoplifters, there's a protection racket going on, there's a local biker gang that's really kind of shaking this store down. He wants to sell it. Uh, there's a young woman who wants to buy it, a little skeptical about it, but, you know, Uncle Bill makes the store look really really good and promises that his nephew kyung who is jackie chan he'll stay and help you out because uncle bill has to go on his honeymoon so she buys the store we see the wedding then we start to see you know this group of you know this biker gang you know this local bronx gang which yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if, if this is what uh, the producers in Hong Kong of Jackie Chan, if this is what they thought a gang in New York City looks like. Um, it looks like some, they look like something out of the Warriors, you know, that classic film, Warriors come out to play, yay! I mean, they, they kind of look like that. Uh, you know, they're all done up. Um, it's 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 actually kind of funny but i think it really lends to the charm of the film that you know he's taken on this gang which really looks like a group of misfits um some guys have mohawks there's one guy that's native american that's kind of done up that way um like like i said it looks like you know they're they're like a gang that would have like appeared in like an 80s early 90s music video uh or maybe you know they were a gang that would have been in the in the 70s classic the warriors i I don't know but really like i said you know they they start shaking down the store uh jackie gets involved or kyung i should say he gets involved um the gang looks to to get revenge on him you know there's a scene where uh he sees a girl being mugged he goes to help uh and he finds out that it's a trick it's uh this girl 
is the girlfriend of the leader of the gang, Tony. Uh, she lures him there. He's trapped uh, in a dead end, and they end up throwing and like hitting bottles at him, pretty slicing him up pretty badly. Um, but this this same girl who actually led him in there, you know, she finds him, she helps him out. Uh, her brother is this kid named Danny who's in a wheelchair who Kyung had met earlier, and they formed a friendship. Um, and Nancy, the the girl, the uh, the girlfriend of the leader of the gang, Tony, you know, she realizes that you know uh, Kyung really isn't such a bad guy. He he's actually looking out for her brother. She realizes that she should be doing the same thing instead of just kind of leaving him on his own because it's really just the two of them. There's there's no parents there. Uh, she realizes she really needs to change her ways. Um, you know, as this is happening, the gang is really stepping up their efforts to sort of try to intimidate Kyung. They believe that he owns the market, so they start targeting it. The young woman who bought it from uh, his Uncle Bill, you know, she realizes she's in over her head. Jackie helps her out. Uh, during one sort of scene, we see that um, a member of, the, of uh, Tony's gang, this guy named Angelo, uh, he witnesses like a um, an illegal diamond buy go go wrong, and he finds the diamonds. He of course steals them. Uh, the mob chases after him. He hides them in the cushion of uh, Danny's wheelchair. You know, so now we got the mob involved in this. Um, here's the thing about this film: this really showcases a lot of what Jackie Chan can do. Now, granted, he is a bit older in this film. He's a little bit past his prime, but again. A little bit past the prime Jackie Chan is vastly superior to some of the action stars we have going on nowadays. So I will take a little bit past the prime Jackie Chan over, you know, I don't know what passes for action and stunt work and things like that nowadays because Jackie really wanted to get into the Hollywood market because he figured, wow, you know, Hollywood, they have green screen, they have computer graphics, but when he got to Hollywood, he kind of jokes the fact that they were like, hey, Jackie, you do your own stunts, right? Great! Let's keep that up! And he's sort of like, oh, boy, I thought I was going to get a break, but he doesn't. Um, but, again, this, this, this film really showcases what Jackie Chan can do. I mean, there's the insane stunts. Uh, there's the scene where the gang is chasing Jackie. He's fighting his way through a parking deck. Uh, he kind of gets to the top of it, and he realizes, you know... They're either they're going to get him or he kind of looks over the ledge and he sees across the street a fire escape and he basically jumps, I think it's 20 to 25 feet from the parking deck onto the balcony or the fire escape of the building across the street, falls through it. Um, he sustained injuries doing that one. There was another one where he's riding a hovercraft and he's actually or he's chasing a hovercraft, I should say, and he's running along sort of like uh, a foundation of a bridge, and he runs and he jumps from the foundation of the bridge about a good 10 or 15 feet onto the hovercraft, and he actually he actually broke his ankle. But he's Jackie Chan. He throws a cast on it. A couple of days later, they put a fake boot on top of it, make it look like his sneaker, and he's out in there running out. Hallmark of Jackie Chan films is, is at the end of it, you see bloopers. You see them messing up fights. You see them messing up lines. You see them messing up stunts. Some of them are funny. Some of them are like, oh my God, did I just see Jackie Chan or a stuntman get killed? I mean, he really shows it all, you know, and that's just really been a hallmark of his films. Uh, he says he actually picked that up when he um, 
he had bit parts in both Cannonball Run films because at the end of those films, they would show a blooper reel. Uh, he absolutely hated being in those films. He said, you know, nobody was really very nice to him. Um, he tells a story of how Sammy Davis Jr. came up to him, swore he was Japanese. Jackie kept telling him, no, I'm really Chinese. Sammy Davis Jr. is saying very racially insensitive things about Japanese people thinking that Jackie Chan is Japanese it's like he, he's like nobody cared that I was there but he did like the blooper reels at the end of the Cannonball Run films and really after that he started doing that in his films you know blooper reels and messed up fight scenes messed up stunts so you will actually see him missing not missing this stunt but injuring breaking his ankle on that stunt jumping from the uh, embankment onto the hovercraft you'll see him then they'll show the next scene of him going around in a motorized wheelchair then you'll see him with a cast lacing up or, or slipping on this fake sort of sneaker giving a thumbs up and then running off i mean he broke the ankle a few days before but he's jackie chan you're just not going to stop this guy uh one of my favorite scenes in this film is when jackie has had enough with the gang he goes to their hideout to confront them and he pretty much takes on this gang single-handedly. And in this sort of hideout slash warehouse, whatever you want to call it, Jackie uses everything. He uses the pool table, the pool balls, the pool cues. Um, he's throwing equipment around. There's one scene where he ends up in a shopping cart. He's fighting in and out of a shopping cart. He's using a refrigerator, the refrigerator doors. He's using really whatever is at hand, uh, sort of like prop comic kung fu i guess is the best way to describe it and that's and that's another hallmark of jackie chan you know you get excellent choreographed fights you get insane stunts done by him and when i say these stunts are insane i mean they're absolutely crazy uh but you will see or you will hear that how he will do a stunt and it'll be great and it'll look good and he'll say you know what no let's do it again let me let me risk my life one more time um or two more times um but sort of like this use of props in his fights this is something that he's done film after film after film uh you really get to see this in in wheels on meals uh his final fight with uh with the bad guy there who's played by Benny the Jet or Kidez. Uh, you'll see a lot of prop fighting there. I mean, it's great stuff. And it's really on display in this in this big showdown with the gang in Rumble in the Bronx. Um, even some of his other fights that he has. I mean, you see his choreography. You mean, you see how physically gifted Jackie Chan is. And again, this was an older Jackie Chan. He was perhaps, you know, in his 40s, maybe, maybe even starting to push 50 at this point. And he is in phenomenal shape. He's doing some incredible things. And this was a great introduction to fans here in North America that didn't know who Jackie Chan was. Uh, and for those of us that knew who he was by, you know, finding his films uh, on, on VHS, sort of passing them around and sharing them, um, this, this was really another good film. Like I said, you know, in all the Jackie Chan films that I have seen, this is definitely a top 10 film for me. It's, it's not his best film, but it's a very, very good one. And it was a great way to really kind of crack him into the market here. He had tried to come over here to Hollywood years before he had failed miserably because they didn't let him do what he could do. They tried to make him into something else. Um, he came over and he did a film. I believe it was like in the early eighties. Uh, it was called, 
I think it was called like Hollywood Showdown or something like that, where they basically tried to make him Bruce Lee. And he is not Bruce Lee. Um, a couple of years after that, he did a film with uh, Danny Aiello called The Protector or The Protectors, where he was a cop. Yeah, he got to showcase his humor a little bit. He got to showcase his martial arts a little bit. Um, but it wasn't really like what he could do. You watch this film, you know, you watch Super Cop, which is really Police Story 3. Then you watch a film like Rush Hour, the first Rush Hour. That's Jackie Chan. When you watch Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker in the first Rush Hour, that's Jackie Chan film. You got the stunts, you got the comedy, you got the comedic kung fu prop uh, fighting. And instead of Hollywood trying to dictate who Jackie Chan was, Jackie Chan really got to be who he wanted to be. And I think it's because people saw this film, Rumble in the Bronx, they saw Super Cop. And they enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, I took my wife to this film. She didn't know who Jackie Chan was, but she liked action films. And she loved it, and she thought he was great. And she's a big fan of his now. You know, she's seen a lot of his films. A lot of his films really, like I said, from Rumble in the Bronx going forward, she's seen. But she really enjoys him, and, you know, she thinks he's great. And, like I said, my one big regret in life. And a lot of a lot of us that are f- huge fans of Jackie Chan, you know, like my friend Alan over there at Nerd and Me... You know, our, one of one of the things that we really regret is that we got him much later in his career. You know, it would have been great to have an early 80s, even a mid 80s Jackie Chan over here making films the way he wanted to make them. Uh, I, I think, you know, with his physical gifts, his comedic timing, his creativity backed by a big Hollywood studio he really could have churned out some awesome films. But you know what? It took some time, 1995, 1996. We finally got him over here. And that's the thing is, the films that he made after this, they're still great films. Granted, he wasn't in his prime, but again, like I said, a little bit past his prime, or even a past his prime Jackie Chan, I will take over most action stars, or what passes for action stars nowadays. Alrighty, well, I hope you really enjoyed my discussion here at Rumble in the Bronx. I will be closing the doors here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know, but please keep it tuned here to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Yeah, I was away for a few days. Diana's up at college, a little homesick, so, you know, wife and I went up there to visit her, and she's doing great. She is actually getting ready with her friend Kate to do another episode of her podcast. Of course, that is Elseworld's Finest, so just keep, uh, keep an eye out for that one. Guys, please check out www.brothersinarmchairs.com. That's going to link you up to all the podcasts here in the Brothers in Armchairs network, if you will. Of course, Stuff You Don't Need to Know, Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, Fat Guys in Little Coats, Defender of the Realm. This is Jay, and I'll see you later.